Shalom. I'm Minister Dr. Cynthia Marie Whitley, but I'm not your conventional minister. The name of this podcast is Be Aware. Be aware of your thoughts. Each week, we will review self-realization tips using primarily biblical references through storytelling. We will reflect on our thoughts and become aware. Have you ever heard the parable, putting the cart before the horse? We get to think over our feelings. In other words, we get to use the power of thought to rule over our feelings. So as the title of this podcast declares, be aware, be aware of your thoughts. Feelings are powerful. They are so powerful that they usually rule our lives. We often let our emotions, feelings, dictate how we respond to stimuli in our life. We say, I don't feel like this, or I don't feel like doing that. Or sometimes we don't say anything and just follow how we feel. Take me, for example. I can feel physically well, yet there are times I don't feel like sitting up after waking, or I don't feel like exercising almost ever. Even though my body feels excellent and exhilarated long after exercising. Remember the celery diet I told you about in podcast seven? Can healing be this simple? Well, it has proven to be an excellent remedy in my life. Excellent at weight loss and lowering my blood pressure and just all around feeling of vitality. In fact, I feel well now, yet I don't feel like preparing my celery juice every morning like I used to. So I am slacking. I don't feel like making that excellent medicinal juice. Is that wisdom? I think not. When I follow every feeling, whether it is beneficial or not, I am putting the cart before the horse. The expression cart before the horse is an idiom or proverb used to suggest something is done contrary to what is natural or normal. I will take the liberty to say that action is taken contrary to wisdom. A cart is a vehicle that is ordinarily pulled by a horse, so to put the cart before the horse is accepted as an analogy for doing things in the wrong way order. My takeaway is that I cannot allow myself to take or not take action based on how I feel. Neville Goddard says that the stronger feeling will win out in your life all the time, good or not, and I find that to be true. My not exercising in this parentheses of my life simply because I don't feel like it is not wisdom. As a vibrant 67-year-old woman, it would do my body wonders to stretch, take daily walks, and do light exercise. And it would feel great physically and spiritually. I'm learning through the messages that come forth through me as I write these weekly storytellings. It's as though I am journaling, as I talked about in Podcast 5, what your journal comes true. It would do my body, mind, and state of affairs wonders if I meditate twice a day too. 
Retired and a lady of leisure, I have every opportunity to meditate and have taken several lifetime meditation courses, but I have not been faithful in these proven beneficial practices. I know they are beneficial because I've practiced them and have benefited from the results. On days when I meditate, I feel lighter and I come to decisions almost effortlessly. Again, the problem is that I don't feel like taking the time to sit still twice a day for 20 minutes each. I tell myself that if I had a partner that meditated with me, that would pull me into the exercise. But would that be me feeling like meditating or feeling like having the energy of a loving partner? Having a partner who practices positive techniques with me would be great. But the lesson I'm sorting through now is that I have to surpass this feeling of the desired companionship that doesn't exist right now and envision what is on the other side of meditation. If I were to partake of the practice alone until companionship arrives. I have to take the rein of the horses and lead the cart. I have the privilege of leading my thoughts or being aware of my thoughts so that I can rule over my feelings. Understanding feelings, emotions in this way remind me of the ego. I believe that my ego has the best intentions for me and I and wants to keep me safe just as my feelings may have the best intention for me. But like the ego, my feelings are like a child that doesn't always know what is best for my entire well-being or for my spiritual well-being. It doesn't always know what is best for my body. Are the ego and the feelings the same thing? Just a question I am throwing out there. I will save that for another story. It seems to operate the same way. What an amazing creation we are. Thank you, God, for your magnificence. Thank you, God, for free will. Thank you, God, for the ability to choose. Many women and men have been ruined by responding to their feelings inappropriately. I have lost out on several opportunities because of the feeling of fear. I'll do a podcast on that soon. Although there are countless biblical examples to choose from, because feelings dominated every human interaction in the Bible, from war to peaceful encounters, we will only examine two biblical examples. I think the subtitle of the Bible could have been feelings. First, the story of King David and Bathsheba in 2 Samuel 11 through 12 comes to mind. King David is smitten, led by his emotions, feelings, lust, and lies with his servant's wife, Bathsheba, and she becomes impregnated. He has his servant, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, placed in the front of the line at war in hopes that he would not survive. And he was killed so that he can take this man's only wife to wed. Mind you, King David already has several wives. Punishment for this act ensued as a child of this union did not survive. And King David suffered very, very much. David put the cart before the horse. 
by allowing his feelings to lead. Let's look at the story of Cain and Abel at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 4. Both brothers brought offerings to the Lord as was the custom to do. God accepted Abel's offering but not Cain's. Now, we have no indications of whose offering was better, so from the many commentaries I've read, I will stick to the story facts that Abel was a shepherd, and good shepherds are known for their caring of that which they shepherd, which means overseeing and protecting, leading, and guarding their flock. Other examples of shepherds in the Bible were Abraham, Jacob, Moses, and David himself as a young boy. From that, we can infer that he must have prepared his offering with love, a synonym for a good shepherd, and that might have made the difference in his offering. On the other hand, in Genesis 3.17, Cain was a tiller of the cursed ground, that same ground that man was to till as he struggled in life. I assume that his character and continence must be different from a shepherd because of the transferring of the essence of his occupation. A person's continence has all to do with their feelings. In fact, your feeling determines your continence. Although it should be the other way around until we learn control of this powerful energy. The beauty of creation is that God told Cain, the following in Genesis 4, 6 says, Why are you angry? Which is a feeling. Why is your face downcast? And downcast is the same as depressed, sad, unhappy, miserable, heartbroken, dejected. And those are all feelings. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you can rule over it. Rule over what? Your feeling, which arises in you and dictates your actions. Yes, sin might desire to have us, and as it desires to have us, without exercising wisdom or right thinking, we desire it, thus lusting after it. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. Is there a proper use of our feelings? Yes, of course. Here's an example. When you walk into a room, you can feel the energy. If the energy is negative or rough, the vibrational energy lets you know, this doesn't feel right. Get out. Our feelings let us know immediately. That's the time to follow your feelings. When you meet someone and your feelings don't resonate with him or her, that lets you know to get out. We don't have the power to change someone else. We need only work on ourselves. In those sudden instances, we should follow our feelings or at this point, sometimes call following our intuition. Feelings are excellent to determine when something isn't for us. And that's when we should act accordingly. Other times, when we don't feel or sense danger, we can thank the feeling but take the action that we know will give us great benefit. 
The beauty is that we get to choose. We've been given the grace to rule over our feelings. We've been given the grace to use our will to choose life-giving activities over death. We've been given the power to put the horse in front of the cart. Shalom and amen. If you can't wait until next week's story, visit Looking for Self series on Amazon.com under Gershona Cynthia Whitley. tribe at? Where my people at? I've been a storyteller all my life. I love telling stories, but I come now equipped with information, with self-help information from my study of more than 40 years. I have a lot to give and I want to give it to you. So listen to my stories on my podcast, on my YouTube channel, and in my books. Yes, in my books, come to see where I'm coming from so that you can see how what I have to put forward can benefit you, how it can increase and have you increase in your life. Shalom.